How's it, everyone? We are the Joystick Show, where your three favorite friends from Hawaii are back to talk story about the latest things we've read, watched, or played. We'll share our shtick with you, so thanks for sticking around. If you fancy what you hear, please like and subscribe on the platform you frequent. Anywhere you can get podcasts, and we are now on the YouTubes. So please check us out when you can, like and subscribe, etc., etc. I'm your co-host, Drake, and that is Thomas. What up, what up? I am tired. (laughs) I am also (laughs) tired, but not as tired as our third absent co-host, Scott, who is currently working uh, a long, 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 long time. And he is a brave soul for doing so, and we respect and love him and hope he... Uh, gets off of work and can relax and not hate what he's doing. Yeah, that's the biggest <laughs> thing, right? And don't we yeah. all just hate? Don't we all just hope we don't hate what we're doing? I yeah. think is what I was trying to say. <laughs> that's pretty much life, right? You come out of the womb and then you hope you don't hate life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One thing that sort made of. me not hate uh, <laughs> my life was San Diego Comic-Con, which we're going to be talking about. Oh, yeah. uh, I got some things to discuss from that. You watched Jack Ryan Season 4 and yeah. Lincoln Lawyer uh, was a Season 1. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Oppenheimer and Barbie. The Oppen, the Barbieheimer. Barbenheimer. Arpen, uh, op- Oppenbury? Man, that's hard to go the opposite way if you're not doing yeah, exactly. Marvin I guess it only goes one way. And I also think um, it's – no, I was going to say that's the way you should watch the movies, but it's not. I think you should 100% watch Barbie after Oppenheimer, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, first up, man, so San Diego Comic-Con happened this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a time. Um, the overall event was a ton of fun. Got to meet so many cool people, got to go to so many awesome panels, see so much incredibly well-done cosplay. The booths were were super interactive and really cool looking. Uh, all in all, just a really good, fun event. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I've never been to one. I've only seen them in like memes and uh, like clips. Uh, I remember I kind of like, I would assume it's a little bit like G4, but from your perspective... Before. One thing that you totally loved and one thing you could have left behind in this year's San Diego Comic-Con? I like that. That was a great question. So some of the things I absolutely loved was something that I didn't really expect. You know, uh, through LA Comic-Con last year, I got really lucky and fortunate to talk to some top comic book writers and, you know, a few directors and some actors I didn't get a lot of that this year, but some people mm. I did get to talk to were other higher up content creators, if you will. Oh, I hate the term content Ooh, creator. CCs. Yeah, but you know, they, there were some really cool people. Uh, Brandon Davis, you know, I mentioned in a video on Instagram, but it was really cool. He, he hosts Phase Zero. He is a comicbook.com interviewer. I mean, he's done everybody from The Rock to Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. I mean, just every major A-lister he's been able to talk to. For the most part, it seems like. And I just caught him in between a panel. And because there was no Hall H this year, where normally the MCU would be presenting their biggest movies and shows, uh, it also felt like some of the smaller panels were just getting jammed 
which wasn't my favorite, but I, mm. I saw him sitting off to the side when we were, I was trying to get into the X-Men, the animated series panel. It was ridiculous. It was like around the whole damn building, building. Mm. Um, so he was there and I just went up to him and I was like, Hey man, you know, it was super awesome to, to see you. And I really am a fan of your work. I listen to phase zero every week and we just got to sit down and chat for like 30 minutes to an hour and just kind of hear the behind the scenes of how he got into the industry, some highs and lows of his job, uh, maybe what some actors are really like in real life, which was amazing and just a really solid dude. I was just so impressed with, he is a hundred percent the guy that you see on the podcast or you hear in the podcast. Mm. He's that person in real life. And it's just, it's so nice. You know, you never know when you go up to meet someone who they actually are. You know, you don't know, right, if it's an act. I mean, especially if you're talking to people in this industry, it's like, yeah, sometimes it feels like it's an act. But for for him, he's so genuine, so real, uh, along with, you know, a a friend of a show who I always get to run into, Juju or Straw Hat Goofy online, uh, him uh, the same way. They're both so genuine and down to earth. It was was sick. So it was really great connecting with those guys again and and just some other uh, podcasters who – you know, are doing a fantastic job with their shows. It, that that was definitely a highlight. Tight. Well, okay. So, out of all of that, what would you have left behind? Oh, left behind. So, and this is nothing against the event. I think that they did an amazing job with what's going on in Hollywood right now, and all the different. Th- cancellations and things they had to navigate but because there wasn't a hall h panel it felt to me like there was a little bit of a gap in san diego comic con like it felt like something was missing you know and i really Mm. wanted to to you know it would have just been great to go see the marvels you know as they release it maybe some of the actors are there and the director like that would have been an awesome time uh but yeah it, it felt like there was yeah missing pieces from DC not being able to showcase their movies or Marvel or Amazon Prime or any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just, you know, again, didn't it didn't I didn't hate it. It, it wasn't, you know, a shortcoming of the events fault, but it was a, a, a downside to the circumstances of yeah. what's going on in the outside world. Dang. Um, speaking of what's going on in the outside world, the SAG-AFTRA strike, also the writer's strike is happening concurrently. Um, actually, a lot of strikes going on, even in the logistics business. Uh, mm. UPS, Brown, what can Brown do for you? They're potentially going on a strike August 1st. Wow. So a lot of looks like movement towards kind of better pay, uh, more health care, um, especially because we live in such a globalistic society. But I did want to mention, as somebody who's been a part of now two separate unions, who's uh, been and uh, is currently a union steward, I think that there's something to be said for individuals who are either doing a service and or providing content and creation. Uh <laughs> There There needs to, yeah, especially (laughs) when there's uh, consumption of something and it becomes not only a necessity, but sometimes a luxury, right? Um, I think it's very important to, especially in America, we are a capitalistic society. We need to think about the workers just as much as we think about what the product can then yield for the executives and for the businesses as a whole um, to continue to, you know, innovate and build upon their brand a lot of the workers and a lot of the people who are on the ground doing the work uh, kind of get left behind to a degree. I, I think um, 
especially in a society we live in where we just want kind of like the short and sweet, we, we have to kind of really think about where, where it all comes from. And, um, I support all of those individuals who are fighting for their rights, um, and just better overall situation for themselves and their families. I think, uh, we can't forget that while we are watching all this cool stuff and absorbing all this cool content that's currently out there. Um, th- that being said, the whole time I was saying that and the whole time you were speaking about San Diego Comic-Con, I was, I was thinking about making a short about Vincent D'Onofrio and how many times fans come up to him and ask him to repeat the lines from MIB one where he's the cockroach. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I just couldn't stop thinking about that. So imagine the short, right. Where you're just like his publicist or whatever. And he's at a table and he's signing autographs and like one out of every five people are like, Oh, can you repeat the line from MIB like sugar or, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he does it. Suit. <laughs> and he's, He's he's kind of like bummed out about it. At the same point in time, then he goes home and then he rips off his skin. He is the cockroach, and it turns out there's going to be an MIB four with the original cast. Wow! Did you just write some fan fiction for a Vincent D'Onofrio con attendant? Yeah, I mean they have the oh, I forget the guy's name from um, Evil Dead. Uh, uh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah, they have Bruce Campbell con pretty much. So why not Vincent D'Onofrio con? You can. He's so diverse, man. He's a he's a cockroach from space. He's a super villain, and uh, what else did he? Oh, he's also like a criminal intent so, investigator. Uh, so, little bit on Drake uh, hates <laughs> Lin Manuel and <laughs> loves Vincent D'Onofrio enough to have a whole con dedicated just to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems he's. <laughs> All yeah. right, we're learning about Drake today. Very diverse. Very diverse. <laughs> No, that's yeah. I'm before it, man. I love Vincent D'Onofrio. The guy is awesome in everything he does. I mean, truthfully, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah, I I wonder. There's probably so many people who have their con personalities, and then they have their real personality. You yeah, know? and uh, yeah, it's really refreshing when you meet people who are the same in real life as they are portrayed on on screen. But damn, that's probably hard because with this many fans, I think there's 130,000 people that normally show up to San Diego for San Diego Comic-Con. And yeah, yeah, it felt like it. Like Saturday was so busy. It was so Mm. action-packed. But yes, I I bring it full circle because you you made a lot of really good points. Yes, I I think my thoughts are well-documented on our social media. I fully stand with SAG-AFTRA. I think that... Yeah, job security, we're talking about health insurance. All, you know, all they have to do is make $26,000 a year, which only, you know, uh, 3% of actors make. And then, um, that's crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, residuals, you know, before when you were on cable TV, you get residuals and that might help you pay for health insurance, save up, pay your mortgage, send your kids to college. Those options aren't there. Um, but yeah. We don't, you guys will come here for a full breakdown. If you want, come, hit me up or hit us up on the Joystick Show social medias and I will break it down for you on everything that's going on, going on with the strike in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, fully stand with all of our friends over there as well. Um, yeah, man, the cosplay also at San Diego Comic Con. Fantastic. People brought yeah. it this year. So Love much it. 
Demon Slayer, uh, mm. awesome DC characters, awesome Marvel characters, tons of Spider-Verse. Um, if you haven't, go back on our social media. I tried to do a recap video for every single day, so go check it out. I think it's awesome. But there was also some announcements that were dropped during San Diego Comic Con that were really freaking cool. Tell us um, about them. Yeah, yeah. One of them uh, was the Marvels. And hmm. which is going to be, you know, a follow up to Captain Marvel, that movie from, I want to say 2018, 2017, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, some time ago, really, you know, yeah, it was, it had mixed reviews. I didn't truly love it when it came out, but I've now come to look at it more fondly. And then we have Secret Invasion and Miss Marvel that I think are directly tied into this movie. Hmm. And yeah, what did you think about it just quickly on, yeah, what you saw from the trailer? I think the, in, the the three of them seemed like they had really good chemistry from the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of – it wasn't tropey by any means, but it did feel like there was a lot to be gained, especially on the circumstance they kind of alluded to in the trailer, which was their powers when they use them, switch them in between each other yeah. or I guess places. Yeah, and that's kind that. of an interesting situation We'd, I don't think we've ever seen in a comic book movie. So could be fun. Yeah, it could, right? It's like not quite a body swap, but it's like a play swap. And yeah, I like how they're differentiating the powers, which is really cool. Um, I was already on board with this movie, but man, uh, it looks awesome. And they continue to use that Beastie Boys song, milking yeah. the shit out of it. And it, it's, it works. Like Intergalactic, I think is a great song for an intergalactic adventure Makes for sense. like three space powered heroes. Yeah. So yeah, could have been drops of Jupiter. That's also a space related movie. Show. Yeah, music. Like, yeah, song. yeah. We should try to dub it over. Do you think the trailer <laughs> will still be as action packed? I feel like, well, as Lizzie McGuire said in uh, "How I Met Your Father," that it's a all time uh, great song that can be played for any occasion. Uh, so maybe who knows? Yeah, and I totally take whatever Lizzie McGuire says to heart every time. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I do. I like that was my favorite song in high school. And when really, I said that on there, yeah, How did I not know I that? Know, I got super emo to it when I was in high school. I yeah. used to literally listen to it while I was peering out into the space in the evening time. Okay, yeah. Well, there you go, man. I mean, yeah, I guess that could work. I don't know how action you would feel, but yeah, it means something to you. And maybe that's what's if you like had like disclosure, pump it up, or maybe they they put in some drum and bass. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, chopped and screwed or something yeah. like that line or something, <laughs> yeah. as the kids are saying on the talks. Oh, yeah, say less. <laughs> right. We also got some other announcements at San Diego Comic-Con. Kevin Smith was there to talk about He-Man, which uh, He-Man Season 2 looks really phenomenal. Uh, who else is in it? Mark Hamill is back. They've added oh. some other big heavy hitters to the cast. Mm. It kind of looks cool. I feel like I might have to revisit that. The other thing was Andy Samberg has, is coming out with a comic book with the Joe Troman from Fallout Boy, which is the weirdest thing. The yes, fuck? it is a comic book series that is based around a bowling hero who has to defend his town from neo Nazis. Wait, 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 like bowling, like bowling ball and pins bowling. Yes, yes, wow, you have okay. to check it out. I'm trying to see. What the series is called, I can't find it off the top of my head to put it uh, on the show notes or something. But it looks badass, actually. And uh, yeah, so Google that, like, bowling hero uh, Andy Samberg, Joe Troman, and it should pop up. And the cover looks sick. 
It kind of reminds me of what was wow. the have you look, have you seen it? I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, it's called the Holy Roller. Holy Roller. It looks sick, dude. Right. I mean, his, his that, head kind of looks funky, but like the suit actually looks, looks – it kind of looks like um, Kick-Ass style it, a little bit. Yeah, Kick-Ass. It, it, it's giving me a Metal Gear Solid round vibes. There you go. Yeah, Very man. interesting. Very, Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah it's okay. crazy. We also got uh, Star Wars Outlaws did a great breakdown, which is super cool. It's an open world game set between oh. uh, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Dude, Ubisoft. it looks phenomenal. Like the the writer, the guy from Ubisoft, a guy from Star Wars, and then the head writer for the video game were there and talking about it. It looks super cool. And just being able to like explore these different planets in the Star Wars universe and then jump into a ship and then dogfight in space and then fly to another planet just sounds crazy. It looks pretty yeah. damn good. Did, were you able to check it out? I, I've seen um, a trailer on it. I've seen a little bit of like dev talk about it. Um what I think about what it as did they is, say? Uh, that was bad. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, that threw me off a little bit." I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, Sorry, bad. <laughs> no, no, no. It it reminded me of um, when uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands came out, and I was like, "Open world, like uh, game," but now it's like open world Star Wars. I mean, granted, it's not necessarily a Jedi situation, but you still get that overall vibe. Um, mm-hmm. And Ubisoft is doing it. Ubisoft obviously is like the open world you know uh action rpg type situation now speaking about ubisoft i know we talked about this offline but ubisoft deletes inactive accounts um according to its own interpretation of its article 5.1e of the european union's gdpr law so if the Hmm. if if you're not using your account they're going to close that shit and then you're not going to be able to have your um your uh, data apparently so that's confirmed that was yeah. like, is that uh, f- just for Europe or do you know if that's for like the US or is that just all around the world? Yeah, I believe it's all around the world. Um, from I'm, I'm reading this article in a tech spot. Okay. If it's inactive for too long. So apparently you can kind of delay it if you uh, get into your account every 30 days. But uh, I mean, we'll kind of see I, I if that's going to be a huge... Obviously, they want you to continue to use your account, blah, blah, blah. And especially with more of their games coming out, that shouldn't be too much of an issue. But at the same point in time, like you work super hard, you get all these things, you download mm-hmm. all this content, and then all of it's gone just because maybe you had to work uh, for a month or so, you know, 20 hours a, a day or whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's kind of a bummer. But all right, speculation. Well, if you buy Outlaws, you better keep playing that bitch because otherwise your data <laughs> will disappear one day. Yep. Yeah. So a few other quick announcements. Uh, we got uh, some footage from X-Men, the animated series, which looks awesome. Uh, man, keep your eye out for that. I don't think it's coming out this year. I think it will come out next year. But if you were a fan of the 90s cartoon, it's coming back and they've updated some things and it looks incredible. Uh, we got an announcement for Spider-Man 2. They kind of showed uh, some stuff about Venom in it and more about uh, Harry Osborn. So some people are thinking maybe he's Venom. Maybe Craven becomes Venom in it. Do you have a theory of who might be Venom for, for Spider-Man 2? I hope I, I are we not thinking Eddie Brock? It, it, we haven't seen Eddie Brock in the trailers. 
So that's why everyone's like, it has to be somebody they've shown, but maybe it is. My theory is that maybe it jumps, the symbiote jumps on Craven at the end. Miles and Peter defeat him. And then at the end of that game, the symbiote leaves Craven and finds Eddie Brock and jumps on him. Then boom, you got Spider-Man 3. Man, that'd be super tight. Well, so when you talked about Venom in general, I remember, and I, this is tangential, but I, there's a, all this other symbiotes were like turned into like a mega symbiote. There's this one bad guy and he was like sucking in all the symbiotes. And now there's like a super, there's just so much different symbiotes. I wonder why there's not more of that in Spider-Man, I guess. This is a tangential thought. Please don't judge us for this. Yeah, but, like, wait, where um, we go with this? Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I have no King clue. and Black was pretty symbiote heavy, I would say. And that That's was recently. True, yeah. And that was sick. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man. Good. Uh, I like, appreciate you throwing yeah, it out there. I, 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 <laughs> well, hopefully it ends up leading to Eddie Brock in general. I think, you know, as a fan, you want to see kind of the OGs and then, you know, expound upon that, create a good base and then move forward. But we'll see how it goes. We will see. We also got some footage from Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 1, and they are featuring Omni-Man, Homelander, and Peacemaker, which is crazy. Ooh. Like, we don't... I mean, I don't really play a lot of fighting games. Does this make you want to pick up Mortal Kombat or pick up a new fighting game? I mean, or to be honest, game? I would if let's say I was going over to your house and you had it and you were like, hey, do you want to play video games? Mm -hmm. Let's play Mortal Kombat. And I'd be like, Mortal Kombat? Why? We've played Mortal There's been like 50 Mortal Kombat. And you're like, oh, well, this one has Omni-Man, et cetera, et cetera. I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, let's give it a shot. Like... If it's in front of me, for sure. I want to see how graphically they're going to do. I want to see all the fatalities. And having watched in Invincible, knowing how gory it was, and knowing how, you know, adulty it could be in Mortal Kombat, I mean, yeah, give us, give us that gore. Let me see all these fatalities. Let me see the friendship. Let me see the animalities. Absolutely. Uh, so to that question, yes, I would if it was in front of me, based right on. on the characters added in there. I know. And you? Yeah, yeah, sick. I, I think the character's great. I don't know if it's going to make me buy the game, but I'll definitely watch people play it on Twitch or Kick or something because, yeah, I want to see the dialogue between them. I want to see their combos. I want to see the fatalities. So that was pretty sick. And they have J.K. Simmons doing the voice of Omni-Man. So oh, it's, my God. yeah, it's legit. That's super. Oh, I hope they do Anthony Starr for Homelander as well and John Cena for Peacemaker. That'd be super sick. I'd be super down with that. So, Duh. yeah, man. Um, Looks awesome. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on was – oh, no, two two things. Uh, we also got, I guess, a trailer for Invincible Season 2. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited about that. Last night, I actually watched Adam Eve. The It's basically a short movie that's now on Amazon Prime for Adam Eve – and uh, her origin story is super damn good. And all the violence, all the tension, all the drama of season one is packed already into that short movie. Man, where season one leaves off for Invincible, I can't even imagine what season two is going to be about. It's going to be gnarly. Yeah. I. In terms of uh, – so, for example, what Amazon has been doing with um, uh, the boys and kind of getting into like – not necessarily like a subgenre, but doing their own like superhero thing, but adulting it. Mm -hmm. I really think that Invincible has really hit it out of the park, especially um, having seen James Gunn's uh, Peacemaker. 
there's so much more availability in terms of audience variance that we can still enjoy comic material just in different, I guess you could call it like genres, which I, I really appreciate. Yeah. The mediums, they got, the mediums are branching out everywhere and I love it. Yeah. So check that out. And then the last thing, one of the coolest panels, a couple of panels I went to, dang it. I keep saying only a few left, but like I keep adding more, a uh, couple of great panels. Again, shout out to Giraffe. If you're watching Strange New Worlds, check out the Strange New Pods podcast because it's really a great companion to the show. But Strange New Worlds is kicking ass. And uh, uh, now a friend, a homie giraffe here in San Diego, who's a big Star Trek fan, uh, helped me get the pass for Comic-Con. Her panel was fantastic. But also, uh, I also saw a panel for Demon Slayer. And they had the full cast, or at least the English dubbed cast there, which was sick because there wasn't a lot of cast for shows at Comic-Con for obvious reasons. Um, But they got me so hyped for Demon Slayer. And I just finished season two last night because I was so hyped about it. And just hearing how stoked they are and what goes into the voice acting and and how yeah just pumped they are to be a part of it it got me really fired up and that was probably one of the biggest panels i went to so yeah check out demon slayer it looks like it's going to be insane for this upcoming season Ooh, demon slayer i think uh i remember in a text message i was like we should it'd be so tight if they did live animation with the live reading and then that's pretty much just watching anime. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, right on. Well, let's move on. That's kind of San Diego Comic Con in a nutshell. Oh, yeah, we went. Christine and I got to go to this cool X Men party where they brought the Hellfire Gala to real life, which was really fun. Whoa. So shout out to Marvel and D twenty three for hooking it up with that. Uh, all right, so let's talk about Jack Ryan season four, man. What'd you think of it? Oh man, um, I enjoyed the the first Jack Ryan, and then the second and the third, I was like, "Well, this is kind of weird." Are they just trying to expound upon things that we've kind of already seen? Kind of like Jack Reacher in a way. I enjoyed uh, Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher one. Jack Reacher two was kind of a little weird, and then in getting into uh, the newest Jack Reacher series on Amazon, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty tight." So, yeah. as it pertains to this newest Jack Ryan, the one standout thing is Michael Pena. Yeah. Oh, man, I love uh, me some Pena. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it seems like I'll watch anything with a Michael Pena in general. I did um, – I, ah, man, I, I, I've watched you're, him you're a lot. You're so of good. Things. You're a loss for words. It's so good. I'm at a loss for words. Like everything that you enjoy about Michael Pena and his, his acting – um, his mannerisms, but also to, he's in a position where you've kind of never really seen him before. He's, uh, to put it lightly, could possibly be the most dangerous assassin on paper. Whoa. Um, even more dangerous than Black or, Widow. Yeah. Or Sicario. Mo- yeah. In this situation, the mo- like the most dangerous operative, uh, on paper. And you get to see him do it in a way that isn't, um, over the top. But very much so, like uh, pimping under and foreshadowing. The, under the bottom, yeah, under yeah. the bottom. <laughs> and um, you got you. It's it's it was just really cool to kind of see him in that in that light. Um, the story in itself was kind of very similar. There's something happening in in the behind the scenes, and it's like a sort of to a degree like a deep state situation. And Jack Ryan has to come in, and he figures it out, and he pushes boundaries while you know some people who are front facing kind of have to keep everything um, simpatico, you know, in the public's eye. Uh, it's it. definitely thrilling. There's definitely a lot of action. 
Um, there's some surprises here and there. I don't think that it's, it was over the top where you were like, oh man, that's so crazy. What a twist. But, um, if you enjoy action shows, uh, and you enjoy a little bit of thought provoking things, get into some Jack Ryan season four. Right on. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I know there's definitely some people who've listened to this show who are into Jack Ryan. So thank you for that. Uh, all right, Lincoln Lawyer. Talk to us about Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, ah, so another thing that um, my wife and I were watching was a Lincoln Lawyer, which is so much different than uh, what we've seen previously. Just because uh, what was the, the original Lincoln Lawyer was uh, what is his name? Matthew McConaughey. Right, right, right. And it's based off of a series of novels. And you get very much so that same type of vibe, but it's a little bit more playful, almost kind of like um, if you've ever watched the show Lucifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it, it gave me a Lucifer vibe, but a lot more like, uh, you know, law and things of such. They do kind of go over some it, kind of like a, um, a Sherlock Holmes situation where you get to see Sherlock Holmes kind of go over the same style of events, but in different interpretations. This is kind of the same way with Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, um, wow. So very similar storylines from the Lincoln Lawyer you saw with Matthew McConaughey and within the book series, but just a little bit more played out um, because it's a series. So they get to kind of be a little bit more uh, on your edge, on the edge of your seat with um, how they're ending episodes and going into other episodes. The right. acting is pretty decent. Um, I think uh, the biggest profile name in there so far is Nev Campbell. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, oh, Robert Ori was in there. Nice. The basketball player. Oh, um, I, yeah. I believe. Wait, what? <laughs> How does yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. fit into I it? I mean, he's, it's, he's, he's in the show. He's not the show. Um, okay. But I think if you are – it made me immediately think about uh, your wife because she's currently going through law school. Sure and um, it's pretty – fun to watch people get lawyered just like how you think about Grey's Anatomy and people get doctored. I think about um, so Marshall Erickson from How oh, I Met yeah. Your Mother. <laughs> lawyered. Yeah. So if you're into that kind of stuff and you got some time, like get into it. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, they are kind of hour long episodes. Um, so just be aware of that if you have time constraints. Right on. Yeah, and you yeah. said a season two is coming out, or it already it is. is out? I, I want to say a season two is already out. Okay, right on. So that was for so. season one. Uh, yeah, are you going back in for season two? Uh, probably. Technically, Alondra and I haven't finished season one, so we'll we'll end up finishing that up, and then we'll get into season two as soon as. Stick with it. All right, that was Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah. Definitely go check it out, and that's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Yes, right on. All right, so let's talk about. The movies that are setting the internet and the world on fire, it, they are blowing out box office numbers. Uh, I was very fortunate to see both this past week. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Oppenheimer first. <gasps> but uh, you, I think you asked me a question before we jumped on. What was your question about Oppenheimer? Um, did you like it? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there, I think there was a question of like uh, – Yes, you like it, but where does it rank within Christopher oh. Nolan's movies? Oh, yeah. Like, if you could compare it to oh, another right. movie, yeah. What if you had to, what kind of would you, what area, what genre, what 
way would you name that that? Yeah, absolutely. So one, yes, loved it. Absolutely breathtaking for me. It was incredible all around. Uh, now, what can I compare it to? Well, we we as I was telling you offline, you know, on the other show I do, Challenge Accepted, we did a Nolan month. So we challenged back and forth on different Christopher Nolan movies. The Prestige, mm-hmm. Inception, The Dark Knight. Uh, what was the last one? Interstellar. So I've watched a lot of Nolan recently. And the only thing I could compare it to for me is other Nolan movies because it feels very Nolan-esque. There's the tension, the way he uses the score to highlight the seriousness and significance of a scene is there. Uh, There's just different uh, cinematic shots in the movie that feels very Nolan-esque. It's pretty amazing that you can have a three-hour movie like this that moves. I mean, it definitely it, – it felt like three hours and then it didn't feel like three hours, both simultaneously. Yeah. You're like, oh, OK. That that definitely took some time to tell that story. But also you're like, what happens next? What how what are they going to do about this? How are they going to figure this out? And it, it's, it's really incredible, I think, storytelling. Christopher Nolan is one of the best to do it for obvious reasons. And I think he really gets to shine – and show what his skills are as a filmmaker because damn, he, he, he dropped the bomb and I'm not even, no pun intended. Literally. Yeah. It's, it's sick, man. It is really good. Killian Murphy, an absolute standout. Matt Damon is great in it. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Emily Blunt's fantastic. Wow. Uh, studded cast too, huh? Super studded. And, and everybody, um, adds to it. You know, whether they had a lot in the movie or a little, everybody adds something to the movie that's in it. And wow, yeah, it's good. It's, yeah, it was heavy too. When I walked out of the movie theater, I was like, geez, I might have to take like a Zoloft or something. Like that like got me. It emotionally destroyed me a little bit. And wow. uh, I think that's kind of the point, you know, which is, which is fantastic. So yes, I think it deserves all of the accolades it's getting online. I, I think, you know, with everybody saying how good it is, I think that's true. Killian mm-hmm. Murphy is, is a leading man who's deserved to be a leading man again for a long time. I think the last time he was a leading actor was 28 days later. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think a hundred percent, he shows the level of mastery he has in his craft because he does so much with so little in his face. Like just the reactions you get from it and everything. Um, yeah, he, he knocked it out of park. So a really incredible movie. I, I fully recommend for people to go watch it. And I don't think so, it's breaking sag rules. So if it is, apologize. We can cut it out later. But um, yeah, we're not trying to – we're trying to support – I'm trying to support sag after and WGA in this process. So just with that being said. Yes, yes, of course. Um, one thing I think like I asked, yeah, I, I I asked this offline to you is like, what is the genre of movie? Is it more of like a thriller? Is it more of like um, like a biopic? And um, based on movies like this, right? Considering that the atomic bomb was such a huge, uh, I guess, planetary, global, humanity changing event, right? How does this particular movie and Nolan really bring you into the fold? with relating to Oppenheimer and his creation, but also his, um, uh, his concerns. Yeah. So it's crazy because 
I think the film does a great job of highlighting that this was one of the greatest achievements man has ever done. And simultaneously, it is a device purely used to destroy and murder people. Mm-hmm. So I think that it shows you how hard it was to even get this developed. Then from there, you know, the type of man it took to develop it, what he had to go through and the realization of what he had done after he created it. Like it, it messed him up. And, you know, as much as he did this thing that supposedly ended World War II, I mean, from different perspectives, it wasn't necessary. From another perspective, it's what capped the end of World War II. And man, just the struggle and the conflict he had to go to within himself after realizing the magnitude of what this would cause from from being used is crazy he really nolan and and killian and the rest of the cast really show how impactful and and hard it was for him to develop it It, yeah just and 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 allow you know the the government to use it from there can just it's nuts it's nuts i think everybody should watch it um you know being japanese too we talked about that it is weird right because yeah it was used against you know people from our ancestry our heritage and you know it was it truly was a country defining moment both for america and for japan and yeah it's brutal it's so sad to think about that you know there was innocent people civilians that were murdered just out of nowhere and and just were eradicated off the face of earth before they could even realize what was happening um it's brutal but uh yeah that's what war does and i think you know it, we have to uh, collectively as a society, not to get, not try to get deep and put like a, a serious message in this episode, but we really <laughs> have to look at what our impact is in the world and, and think it's going to be important because you never know how you're going to be impacting anybody, whether it's one person or hundreds of thousands in a different country. You know, again, you talked about globalization. I think this shows even in 19, in the 1940s, globalization was becoming a big factor and it's only been expedited with logistics with travel with ai with technology we are becoming a globalized society and and what we do can and possibly will affect future generations whether they're here in the country we live in or maybe other countries around the world so yeah uh that's me thinking uh should i do is important but it's probably not <laughs> <laughs> no but that's that's interesting in general just because we we think about the how how movies can affect us right we're, we're viewing it as entertainment but at the same point in time it's telling a story through yeah. visually which is kind of one of the strongest mediums in terms of being able to give reaction whether that's emotional physical guttural etc um and to to hear that there's now a movie like that currently um, not that there aren't movies or haven't been movies like that, but I think we we definitely get a lot more, um, you know, entertainment to entertain versus something that to actually make you think and feel. So, uh, you know, Oppenheimer, uh, I assume, you know, Barbie is the exact same way. <laughs> totally. Uh, <laughs> you know what, though? There is a deeper thread in Barbie than I thought there would be. Uh, and- elaborate. Yeah. Okay. So Barbie was, uh, first off the bat, loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, 
almost in some ways more meta than Deadpool, more meta than She-Hulk. It really plays wow. off the perceptions of what we think as a society as what Barbie should be or could be or what women should be or men should be. And I appreciated it. And I, I've said this in my immediate reaction uh, video right after I saw the movie, and I do believe it. If you are an Andrew Tate kind of guy, a somebody who Macho Man, uh, the man should lead, uh, you know, all those kind of things, this may not be a movie you enjoy because there is a lot of playing off of that. And I think it's really well done. I thought, I thought it was hilarious. It also allowed room for me to look at myself as a man in our society and think, am I, am I overly privileged? Am I not allowing women around me to show their emotion? Am I uh, minimizing their emotion, all those kind of things. And you know what? Maybe I am. I, you know, I'm not perfect and, you know, I want to be better, but I think that there are those themes in this of like what a perfect woman should be, of what a perfect man should be, or, or what leadership in a man could be, or what leadership in a woman could be and reflects on it. And we have to look at it. And, uh, I, I think it allows you to kind of go home and chew on that along with being entertained, along with laughing. A shit ton. Really, okay. really well done. I thought Greta Gerwig knocked it out of the park. Margot Robbie is already fantastic. I don't think I have to tell anybody she's amazing, but she's incredible in this. It's a full range of emotion. She really leads this movie in and, and very like her, her character is very humble because she's very ignorant to the world, almost like an elf situation with Will Ferrell. And like, even though Will Ferrell's in this movie as well, but you know, it's like, it just, it's funny. It has those themes. Wow, that's kind of interesting. I haven't watched it. I've only seen some of the the trailers and I think to myself, like, is this like a clueless situation? But like you talked about a little bit more meta. And then obviously everybody has kind of uh, thought about Barbie in the way of, to a degree, like segregation of genders, right? Like girls play with Barbies, men's play with uh, like yeah gi joes right and so you're saying in this situation it questions a lot of those themes not only that but it gives you some hilarity what are some of the funniest well i guess let's not spoil it but in terms of the moments that are funny did they immediately precede or um pro pre what is precede and pro wait what is that before and, or after um yeah. intense moments and, and intense post? dialogue yeah, you see that? yeah. Does wow. that work? Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Jeez, uh, dude. Ryan Gosling and Simu Liu going head to head is fucking hilarious. So dynamic. I'm so happy this exists on screen okay. because them playing opposite Kens, who are kind of rivals, God is so damn funny. They crushed it. Um, yeah, they have this rivalry in the movie, and it just works, bro. It's so good. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, there is a certain wrestler turned actor who's in it. Who's pretty? Who pops up a few times? Who's who's amazing? Cracks Love me it. up. Uh, Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie just goes fully in. There's like some. She was. She's almost like the Grinch, <laughs> if you will, in this movie. And okay. it's, it's sick. It's so funny. Uh, America Ferrera. She's she's not as funny, but her husband, her real life husband, is in the movie. Who gets to play her husband, and he gets to drop some funny jokes in there too. So. Um, yeah, dude, it's funny. It's funny. But you, you know, if you are like 
too worried about role gender roles and all that stuff you may not laugh at the jokes i thought they were hilarious christina was cracking up my my theater was cracking up like yeah it's great but you gotta just kind of you know go in and if you are a guy i think you kind of gotta go in and just be willing to like laugh at yourself and i'm one thing about me is like always want to be able to laugh at myself not take myself too seriously and and if you go in with that mindset you you're probably gonna laugh a shit ton Okay, so would you, having watched both movies and having been uh, consistent in the content that has been coming out in the year 2023, would you consider Barbenheimer to be uh, the highlight so far of this 2023 content year? Good question. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I saw before this that was like the highlight of my cinema going experience. Man, I've seen so much. I've been like kind of getting lost yeah. in the sauce, but I can yeah. say like, I could say Oppenheimer and Barbie. And there's one other movie. I know people would want me to say Across the Spider Verse, but I'm probably not going to put it in my top three. I'll probably put it in my top five, but um, I can't remember what the last movie reviewed. But they are, they probably have made it into the top three in movies, in my opinion. Oh, wow. So early. We have movies coming out for the rest of the year. Obviously, we haven't even, we're, we're barely onto the uh, seventh month. Uh, halfway through this year so we got a lot of content going forward but um to hear that barbenheimer is nice at the halfway point um that's great to hear yeah what do you want to see more and uh what do you think you're gonna see first from what i've heard and kind of seen within like the memes and things and such um i think i want to see Oppenheimer first okay because I I, I want to feel the intensity and the intrigue and then be able to finish it off with some of that but hilarity I, I do enjoy me a funny movie uh, as yeah. you know so it's a good palate I, cleanser yeah it's a good palate cleanser so I am gonna go uh, Oppen Barbie or Oppenheimer uh, mm-hmm. uh, versus I- Barbenheimer. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I can't yeah. make a better version. The internet is already undefeated in like mashing up those names. I'm not going to even know. try, wow. but I understand your sentiment. And I'm really happy I saw it that way. You know, it's like, I wish I saw uh, Across the Spider-Verse before I saw The Flash. And before, I, you know, I saw early screening, as you know, and the director came out and talked about how he's going to change all the, all these things in the movie. Uh, spoiler alert, he didn't. And <laughs> But, like, that might have changed the way I looked at Across the Spider-Verse, and it definitely yeah. would have changed the way I looked at The Flash. I'm happy I did it this way. And to be a part of this phenomenon that's going across the country with Barbenheimer is just what a time. Like, it, it's amazing because there's been so many bombs this year, right, with Indiana mm. Jones, The Flash yeah. – uh, Shazam, all Elemental. Elemental. It has been climbing now, which is great. It's been like slowly moving up and making money and stayed steady, which is awesome. But you're right, right out the gate, it was kind of a bomb. So mm-hmm. to see two movies who are pretty opposite that are both crushing at the box office in the same weekend, it's like, no, the, the box office movies are still very much alive. It just has to be the right quality and the top tier movies like give us good shit we'll show up yeah and yeah man like so yeah what a weekend all around oh god it's so good it's so good um 
I loved everything. I got to do just amazingly fun stuff this weekend. And I, yeah, I'm really thankful and grateful for, for everybody who was a part of it, who created the things that I got to enjoy, who ran the things that I got to enjoy. You, you all deserve, you know, a, a million applause. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for next year for San Diego Comic-Con. And I can't wait for you and Scott to see Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yes, definitely. I mean, hopefully we can get together before we uh, the next Avatar comes out, just because that's probably going to be <laughs> a nice anniversary for us. Right. That was um, the last time we were all in per- person, for those of you who yeah. were just tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But it was your hashtag birthday weekend. So uh, if you don't know, now you know. Thank and you. uh yeah, we would. Uh, yeah, Scott, we definitely need to make it more of a situation to kind of come together, either view things or experience things, and then kind of get our reactions in the moment. If not, um, post just because that's kind of what people want to hear from us. They want to see it from us as well too. So, um, like and subscribe. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll put that in the tag before the episode. Uh, so that way we can <laughs> hopefully get some extra subscriptions in there. But 100%, uh, yeah, I, if you're listening uh, now, just, yeah, we appreciate you coming on. And tell us if you've gone to San Diego Comic-Con, if you watch any of the shows we talked about, if you watch Oppenheimer, if you watch Barbie, tell us what you've watched. You can find us on Twitter and threads, Instagram, YouTube, all the above. And what you liked about them, what you didn't like about some of them – if you thought, yeah, if Barbie was too woke, if you thought Oppenheimer was too sad, whatever it is, hit us up, let me know. And I'm curious. I'm curious to hear what you all think about it. Yeah. And definitely let us know if you'd like to see a Barbie Oppenheimer mashup where both of those movies with so much intention kind of come together and create a hopefully a fun parody. Yeah. Let's do it. That, I mean, there's the parodies are going on right now. Yeah, like that's happening as well. for show. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jake, you want to close it out for us and say uh, the ending catchphrase? Yeah, I'm just trying to remember what it is. Thanks for sticking it with us. Okay. The Joystick Show. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, we'd really appreciate a follow, subscribe, and a review. Just how we like chatting with our friends, please share this with yours. Feel free to join the squad and follow us at J-O-Y-S-C-H-T-I-C-K-S-H-O-W, Joystick Show on Twitter and Instagram, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like submitting topics or questions to be discussed on future episodes, you can email us at joystick.show at gmail.com. As always, thank you, peace out, and make it a great rest of your week.